Hey, what's up, everybody? This is an open discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is Cheryl. And today we're going to be talking about the movie Dungeons and Dragons: uh, Hero Among Thieves. Among Thieves? Oh my gosh, I don't remember the, the Honor Among Thieves. There we go. That's the last title, like last part of that title. If you haven't seen the movie, though, we are going into spoiler territory. You can check it out. It just came out on Paramount Plus. So if you're one of the seven people that have a subscription to that service, you can go and check it out there and then come back and see what we had to say about it because we are going to be into heavy spoilers here. But without further ado, let's go ahead and just jump right into this. So this is not the first Dungeons and Dragons attempt at a movie. To my knowledge, this is the second because there was one that came out in the 2000s that with like Jeremy Irons, I believe, and it and Marlon Wayans, and I can't forget the other actors that were in that movie, and it was terrible. That... Yeah, it doesn't sound fun if it's Jeremy Irons. <laughs> not, not that he's not like a good actor, but he's just not, you know, comedic. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, I mean, that movie did not do well. That movie disappeared into the annals of time. Most people don't even know about it. And then now we have this new movie, um, which is starring Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez, as well as a couple of people like Hugh Grant, Justice Smith. Uh, I think her name is uh, Sophia. I forget her last name. Sophia Lewis or Lillis. Uh, the girl, I think, that was in It. Uh, who played the child uh, in it that then grow that turns into Jessica Chastain at some point. Um, <laughs> so, and the movie is, it's a surprise because without just like, before we go too deep into it, it is legitimately a good movie. It is legitimately a fun film. And I think because I went into this movie with no expectations or like the bare minimum of expectations, I walked out of this movie and I was surprised because it is one of my favorite movies that I've seen this year. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, when I first watched it, I think I was sort of disappointed. Um, but I think it was because I was expecting something closer to Vox Machina where mm -hmm. it's a lot more um, Dungeons and Dragony and less uh, of a wider audience appeal because I mm -hmm. think the way they constructed this movie was so that anyone can watch it whether or not they are familiar with Dungeons and Dragons and they would be able to follow along and understand it and enjoy it and have fun so i think when i watched it the second time um for this especially after watching ant-man and the wasp <laughs> quantum mania i felt like this looks good like it it looks very good visually and i didn't really think about it um because it it takes place in like they sh they shot it in a real place like a f real physical yeah. place um, yes, they use CGI and stuff, but they also use a lot of practical effects. So it just felt very rich. Like, it looks very good. Um, but it's also super entertaining. Like, it's really funny. 
I had a good time. They still had a lot of the, you know, basic D&D elements. You got your bard. You got your warrior, wizards, druids. Druids. Druids are broken. Paladin. Yeah, druids are broken. Um, (laughs) So is the paladin. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Speaking of that paladin, that paladin is a great is a great moment because there's like so there's a lot of references in this to D and D lore. Like they name drop Neverwinter, they name drop Baldur's Gate, um, in in the actual movie. But even that paladin felt like a situation where the DM drops an an all powerful NPC into the game just to get the just to get the player characters back on track. And so, and that's and that's why that character kind of comes out of nowhere and then leaves just as suddenly, even though he should be just staying with them because he's an integral part of the party. So it it was like that it gave that feeling of the DM just being like, y'all, yeah, I need to y'all need to get on track and like get moving. So here you go. And then now you you know, you're there. Now I'm taking the NPC away, and you guys can keep playing. So I do I did like that, and I thought that that character was really funny as well uh because of his his lack of understanding of colloquialisms yes also i mean he's a very beautiful man that man is so beautiful i almost feel like i watched this movie just because he was in it (laughs) yes exactly um but yeah and like the rest of the cast is really good too like you guys were just mentioning in the chat about justice smith and I did not like Justice Smith really in Detective Pikachu, but I did enjoy him in this movie. And I think one of the things that I liked most about this movie is that it also had a good message. So like outside of the D&D stuff, which I'm like passingly familiar with, not as hardcore as other people, as a movie, structurally it works. And like we mentioned formulaic, but it was formulaic in a way that made it still enjoyable because we get the opportunity to know a lot of these characters. The only one that we don't get to really know is the Druid character. I forget her name off the top of my head. Um, but we get to really know like Holga and Simon um, and Dangan, Dangan, uh, Chris Pine's character. We get to know all of those characters in some way, like what their histories were and what kind of drives them. And by the end, all of those characters have some type of change that they've gone through, some type of thing that they've learned about themselves that moves them forward. And I think that's what makes that movie also feel more enjoyable to me is that you have these payoffs for these characters. You have Simon growing into the wizard that he needs to be and realizing that he can do these amazing things. You have like Olga, kind of like you know moving on from like this other love of like whatever but really having this really nice friendship with uh chris pine's character and then you have chris pine's character being the guy that his whole message that he has is that he has to learn how to let go and the end of the movie which i'll talk about later is like like one of the most effective parts of the film for me because it it drives that message home of like letting go and moving on and recognizing the relationships that you have in front of you and what they mean to the people that you care about. So like just from a movie perspective, not like taking D and D completely out of it, that stuff all worked for me. So then now we can talk a little bit more about the D and D stuff or just like what actually happens in the movie, but I'll kick it back to you. 
Yeah, I mean, um, it it I did feel initially that it was very cookie cutter, but I also didn't mind it because you know you can you can have a good movie that is a cookie cutter plot. Um, that's totally fine. It's more of what you do with it, like what, how do you decorate it, you know? Um, and I think they did a really good job of making it entertaining. There were a lot of funny jokes. Um, there, I really thought that the stuff they did with, um, I think her name, her name is, uh, Doric, the Druid. Doric, I really like what they did with, um, introducing her abilities, uh, you know, where she could change into all these animals and stuff like that. And there was a chase and like, it just, it felt scary because you want her to escape and um you know they're all up against um Sophina who's like super a scary character and she's not even the boss so no, <laughs> yeah so I thought uh I don't know <laughs> I just had a good time watching it that most of the things that I like noted were just you know parts that I really enjoyed like when they were um questioning all the dead people in the cemetery. <laughs> Legitimately like, funny five, sequence. Yeah, because it's it's like they get they have five questions that they could ask each dead person with the spell, and they they totally blew it on the first guy. <laughs> and I was like, it's five <laughs> questions. How can they possibly, you know, waste? all of it i just i didn't think that they would waste all five questions on the first guy but they did and they did it perfectly um because the last question i didn't even see <laughs> yeah i didn't see it coming because <laughs> see even thinking about it you're laughing yeah <laughs> the telling of how effective it was because i wrote seen it and i like burst it out laughing and i just watched it for a second time and even though i knew it was coming I still laughed because yeah. <laughs> it's funny how it plays out. Like they do a really good job on their delivery. Like we have, we live in this world now where like these Marvel films have kind of influenced other films to try to do this kind of thing where we don't, we can't have things be serious all the time or we have to undercut everything with a joke and therefore things just, then nothing feels like real or things feel like they don't have any stakes. But I never felt kind of like i never got that feeling from watching this movie i felt like the humor was very well paced where it was put in it worked and where there was no humor it also worked like this movie gives you time to like actually let emotions ride when um our main character is talking about how he messed up and how he basically got his wife killed like no one pops in a joke after after the end of that no one like says anything to try to undercut the moment they all just kind of go and they sit down and then the only joke that comes in is kind of like near the end where um simon just says well i'd sit on the rock too but there's no room and you know and that one that doesn't feel like it's an undercut that kind of feels in line with what the characters would actually be kind of feeling in this moment so this movie lets the emotions ride and also lets us have these funny really cool like action sequences and it just, I think to me, it just adds more for the characters overall. Yeah, and there's so many ups and downs in, like, a short period of time. Because, you know, it is movie length and it's not a terribly long movie either. Uh, but there's so many ups and downs. There's so many, like, 
uh, you know, successes and failures that it gives opportunity for all the characters to bond together. And there's a lot of times where, like in D&D, you work together as a party to achieve your goals and to get through, um, you know, all these crazy things that we have to do. So um, I think because there's just, like, so much time where, like, the party is just kind of always together and you almost don't really need the subplots because they're going through this journey together. That's how D and D is. Yes. And because they spend so much time together, um, like, you know, agreeing, disagreeing stuff, um, you really feel that bond. So when we get to the end and they're all working together, I mean, they've been working together this whole time, but they've also been bickering. But at the end, at the very, very end, when they're all together, there's nothing else in the way except for, for them to work together as a, as a team. It's awesome. Like, that end fight scene against Sofina, where they're all just, like, throwing in attacks together, and it's very much how a D&D battle would be as well, because everyone has, you know, they... they you, you do a different thing on your turn and then after your turn's over then like the enemies have turns and stuff like that so it's all like you know happening at the same time um and it just it looked really good and it felt really awesome because you're like yeah they're all like you know they all got you know their shit together and they're fighting together and they're all like super strong but they still have like a hard time defeating her until the end like, mm-hmm. you know, she she's definitely more powerful than everyone in the party. But because of their um, togetherness and their wit, their plan, they're able to defeat her. Yeah. I mean, they essentially had to outsmart her because yeah. they would have otherwise they would have lost. Mm-hmm. So and that's and that's what we like to see. We like to see these characters come together against overwhelming odds and to come out on top. And yeah, like. This movie, for being a movie that is, you know, about, like, a tabletop game, has no right to have as cool of action sequences that are in this movie. There are really great sequences where they get really creative. And I was telling my roommate that you can always kind of kind of put your finger on a good movie based off of how many iconic scenes you can pull from it. And some movies are lucky just to have one or two. I think this movie has a few that you could walk away from. So you mentioned the graveyard scene, which I think is like just a great funny sequence. But there's also really cool action-oriented sequences, like the escape you briefly mentioned. When you see that escape, it's framed as a, as a single take. As we follow this tiefling character, um, Doric, running and trying to get away, and the music is hype, and she's morphing into a bunch of different animals, and then they even turn into a joke by the end because when she escapes, she escapes as a deer, and up until that point, Holga had always been talking about how she, that she should turn into a deer and was being made fun of because there's no deers in the castle, but she used the deer to escape. But like that's the cool thing, like, and that that sequence is intense, but it's also creative and how it's shot and the fact that they did that in one take or made it look like it was one take it just makes that more fun another great sequence is the thing where they have to get the picture into the picture with the portal into the um the cabin or the 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 car that they're that they're the wagon that they're transporting and then you get some really creative things that are happening with the portal and the picture frame and things like that and that also looks really fun when you're watching it and that feels very creative 
So, and then there's this action sequence with the paladin where he, they have like a really good sword fighting sequence in this movie. And you're kind of just like, why is the choreography in this movie this good? Mm -hmm. It's really, really surprising. So they, and so this movie just has so, and then the final sequence, like you said, where they're fighting all in tandem and they have their kind of Avengers moment and it's just, it's just awesome fun. The camera's flipping around the the fight as it's going and they're like hitting Sofina and dodging each other and stuff like that. And it's just, it's just great. So this movie just has like hit after hit after hit of like very fun and I would say creative sequences. Another sequence is the one in the maze where they have to get out. So like, even just the more you think about it, it's like, I think that's also why the pacing works so well is because from scene to scene, the movie doesn't drag. It really feels like the movie can just pull you through because there's always something new and interesting happening in these scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, it gets better and better. And like and, and, and like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of ups and downs. Like the reason why they keep having to like go back and do something is because they failed. And they, there's even mm-hmm. this whole scene about how they fail and, you know, that's just how it is. Like, you just keep failing until you succeed. Yep. It made a lot of sense. Yeah. (laughs) You stopped failing. You failed. Huh? I was like, I I understand what he's saying. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But, yeah, I I mean, it it was a really funny movie, and it was creative, creatively funny, because it was also, like, a very serious thing. Like, the whole movie is, it's serious, because they're trying to save people like you know mm-hmm. um it's devastating like that's how like people are going to die and that's that's how uh you know your your campaigns usually are in in D it's you, you have this you do one thing and then it leads to another thing and then it, un, it reveals this whole big higher thing and you have to go into like an epic battle at the very end um and it really followed that so i think that they did a great job making that funny, but also mm-hmm. still being able to hone it in and like make you make you feel the feels, you know. Because like at the at the end, um, man, when they when they kill mm. Holga, mm. At, at first I was like, mm. it's weird that they like you know I kind of wish that they gave her a bigger dramatic death where like. You know, she you could you actually see her get hit, not just like oh, she's not yeah. okay. Um, but even with that, like the fact that they, you know, like the whole thing about this journey started with um, Ed wanting to get the tablet to bring his wife back, but then he ends up mm-hmm. using it to bring Holga back because mm-hmm. that's his daughter's mom. Yep. Yep. And the movie actually never says that. The movie never says mm-hmm. that that's her mom, that it never says, oh, you're like a mother to her or anything else like that. But it lets you feel that. Yes. It does it, it does it through the editing. They, he looks at the daughter crying over Holga's body. And then you see these scenes that some of which we saw in the movie earlier and then some that are just put in this scene just to show the moments in between where she's the one that's there for her. And you see the realization on his face that she doesn't know the woman that he loves. She knows Olga. And for her, that's her mother. And so 
he's going to make that sacrifice. And that's another thing that's great is because the character has to make a sacrifice. The character wants something throughout the entire movie, and but it's not what the character needs. What the character needs is to let go. And so he's able to let go, and by making that sacrifice, he's able to give his daughter what she needs more, which is this mother, which is important to her. And it's like, just like stuff like that is always going to get me like yeah. every single time. Like, and they, like, there's another moment that's really small. And I was, I, when I was watching it a second time, I was wondering why it was in the movie, but the scene where Olga goes to go meet her ex, uh, played by Bradley Cooper, <laughs> a miniaturized <laughs> Bradley Cooper. I remember thinking to myself, like, what, like this feels like a deleted scene that could be cut. Like, I don't think we need this. But then I realized the reason that scene exists is because after the scene, Holia is upset. She's visibly hurting. And it's and then Ed Edgen, um, Ed sings a song for her to try to help her feel better. And it's like this scene exists as a character moment. This exists to show their relationship of them as friends. She's hurting, he's there for her. He helps her feel better and they're a family. So that's why that scene is there. And so that's and so that's what I'm talking about when I'm like the pacing of this movie feels good is because there's always something in these scenes. It doesn't feel like these ex scenes exist just to exist. These scenes exist because they are important for either the plot or either for the characters or something or the action, whatever. So yeah, and then by the time you get to that ending moment, we've seen throughout, we know how important this thing was for, for this character, I mean, he basically had his daughter lied to about what he really was doing at the time by Hugh Grant <laughs> for the entire movie. And so it's a really big sacrifice at, at, at the end for him to make this. And it's effective because of the fact that we know how much he wants it. Yeah, and I, and I think they did a great job, you know, having a happy ending because it is a happy ending, but it's also a not happy ending, like, because of what you mentioned of that being um, that the main character has to make a big sacrifice. So it's still, like it hurts. It still hurts because he didn't get what he wanted. But it's happy because they were about to take something away from us, too, but gave it back to us. So mm -hmm. there's loss and there is there's still loss in that, you know, happy ending. So, yes. I think that's that's great. I don't think that that's a very common thing that we have in movies. So I think because it wasn't just such a you know a shiny, sparkly, happy ending. I think if 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 Holga didn't if Holga survived, she never got hurt, and then they brought back the wife. I would have been like, oh brother. Yeah. <laughs> it actually would have been upsetting. Yeah, I would have been like, it ended terribly. I wouldn't have liked it at all, but. Because they made you feel something, mm -hmm. I think, you know, throughout all of this. And then they made, they, they really hit me. Like, I had to hold back to her so, like, I don't want to cry. Yo, okay. That's crazy. Because, yeah, I was sitting with my roommate. And my roommate was saying the same thing. She was just like, yo, why is this movie trying to... And this was her second time seeing the movie. She was just like, why does this movie try to make me cry? Why is it trying to pull tears from my eyes right now? Like... I went to go see a Dungeons and Dragons movie. I didn't think I was going to be like holding back tears by the end. Like, get out of here. So the movie was definitely a pleasant surprise. We've talked a lot. We've praised a lot of the things that are in the movie. Um, 
like there's a lot of creative sequences. There's a lot of the characters also being smart because the characters are actually not the best at what they do. Like they 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 make sure that you even know that they're not the best at what they do. And so them getting out of these situations really comes down to them being creative and using their wits in order to survive hopeless situations. And like the, the another thing that I want to bring up about this movie and how it it plays off the D and D kind of comedy as well is that when they first get to like these pits when they're trying to get the helmet that they need, they have to cross this bridge, and the paladin leads into this whole like spiel about how they need to cross the bridge in a very specific way, and then Simon just completely messes that up by stepping on the bridge, and then they have to find another way across. But they have an item that is an item that they can use, which is an item that Olga got when she went to go see her her ex-boyfriend and she didn't know what it was, but now they're able to use that and that thing actually gets used for the rest of the film. And that's another kind of D&D thing where you get these items that you can, like another character might even be able to use. Like it's nothing for you, but another character can actually do something with it. They had like sending stones, which like I have in my current D&D campaign and I gave it to one of my friends, but they bend the rules a little bit because like in the sending stones, you can only use it like, I think like once a day. Um, and druids can only tr turn to like transform like once or twice without a long rest or something like that. But this druid is just transforming all like all the time whenever they want. So I wonder if like people who are D and D hardcores like didn't like that like stretching of like the the lore, or if they were kind of just like, eh, it's cool. So they'll they'll still adopt the rule of cool when it comes to this movie because of the fact that it's just fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, I I really enjoyed. You know, seeing the owl bear because that the owl bear. <laughs> I was like, nice, that's so cool. Um, but it just reminded me of like a campaign when um, my friend and I we didn't know what to do, um, and so we we spent so much time plucking all the feathers off <laughs> the owl bear while the guy we needed to interrogate bled out, <laughs> so we didn't get to question him. Um, but, you know, it just made me feel like those memories and stuff like that. So I think, you know, it was it was a good mixture and I think it appealed to a wide audience. I I I hope that, um, you know, hardcore D&D players still, you know, were able to relate to it because I did. I'm not a hardcore D&D player at all, but, you know, I, I, mm -hmm. I'm familiar with it. But um I mean, I had a good time watching this movie. And I think uh, the other thing I wanted to point out was I really like how they bookended the movie because it starts out yeah. with... Oh, my yeah. God, yes. <laughs> the narration. How can you forget about Jonathan? Um, <laughs> Jonathan! <laughs> Jonathan! That poor, that poor Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I really like his name. But anyways, uh, I thought it was cool because they had, um, you know, it starts off with Ed explaining, you know, to the court and everything why, um, you know, he should be pardoned and everything. And, you know, that kind of leads into or, you know, it explains the his history of how he ended yeah. up in there. Um, but they did a great job because they they were able to, you know. I hate it when we get history lessons and they do that quite mm -hmm. a bit in this movie, but I like the way they did it because they weave yes. it into the story and they use the characters that we are, you know, 
seeing like you know there are the characters that are in the movie um and so mm -hmm. we get to uh hear how chris pine's character got there and then when it ends you 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 see how Hugh Grant's character he like it ends with him explaining to Jonathan <laughs> at the <laughs> court why he was in there and that was basically the whole movie that we just saw so it felt like a cool bookend but it was yeah. also funny because they learned mm. from what mistakes <laughs> yeah what Ed and Holga did and they put bricks up where the window was so but man I really feel bad for for Jonathan. Oh yeah, I keep trying to use him to get out. Um, I, <laughs> so I, there's one more reference I wanted to bring up that I thought was pretty cool. When I saw it, the people that I saw the movie with did not um, did not understand or did not uh, like recognize the reference. But so there's a lot of references to D and D, but there's other film references in this too. One of which is that there's a direct callback to Jurassic Park in this film. Oh. Did you catch it? I might have missed it. So at the part where they're running from the dragon and the bridge collapses underneath, um, Doric kind of falls and is hanging from the edge and you have the dragon beneath her kind of rolling around, getting ready to uh, get back up. And she's pulled up just as the dragon leaps up to snap at her and they just pull her up over the edge. Much like in the Jurassic Park film when... Um, I forget the little girl's name, but she falls out the air vent because it crashes to the ground and there's a velociraptor that's down there and it's rolling up and then it jumps up to leap at her and to bite her right when they pull her back into the air vent. Oh, I didn't so, know that was... Uh, did they? Was that really intentional or was it just... It was in, no, it was oh. actually intentional. Okay. And it's, it's, it's shot the exact same way. The dragon does the exact same motions as the velociraptor. Even them pulling up uh, Doric is almost the exact is like move for move what they do with that girl from Jurassic Park. So <laughs> it was it was very, very cool that they had other kind of references in there to things that just were important to them. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuff that's in there that is more for like D&D &D fans. Like if you really want to look it up, you can find like a list online. This movie is littered with like a bunch of D&D &D lore um, that is there for those that want to find it, but is not so important that it's going to distract from the movie. But it shows that the people that put this film together have truly an appreciation and love for the world that they're playing in. And I think that that is one of the biggest reasons why this film is so successful, because that love and attention to detail absolutely shows through. So, all right. Um... <laughs> the portal magic was used to keep the brick wall at at the window. No, yeah, I think you might have come in a little late, Straker. The we're talking about the end of the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyways, though, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we go back to our Twitch channel? Um, I don't think we have enough time to talk about it, so we'll we'll talk more after this. Um, but no, that's it for me. Okay, and so if you guys want to see what the mystery thing that Cheryl wants to talk about is you can check us out on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash c3films. We backlog all of this stuff on our Twitch channel, and it'd be great to see you over there. But what did you guys think about uh, Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves? 
Did you enjoy the film? Did you feel like us where you really liked it? Did you are you a D&D fan? Have you played the games? Do you feel like this is a good kind of representation of what the games could be or are you just happy that we got a D&D movie that doesn't suck? Whatever you thought about it, comment below. Let us know. And when you're down there, if you give us a like, share, subscribe. Even if you don't though, I have been Chris and this has been Cheryl and everything's better with Jarnathan.